0: I've learned. You can't turn on the TV without there being a commercial from some drug company about some pill that will relieve the pain associated with something your body's going through. (laughs) I've come to believe that there's a pill for everything man who wrote the book on human behavior, a special edition Richard Flint podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. I was at breakfast the other morning and became a non-table member listening to the conversation that was going on at the table beside me. These two ladies were talking about all their ailments and I was beginning to hurt just listening to them. I don't think there was a nook or a cranny in their bodies that didn't have some pain associated with it. And you know what? They had a pill to take care of every one of those. I believe our society has become druggies that have been made to be okay by the pharmaceutical companies. I'm not a proponent of legalizing pot, but I think some of these modern-day drugs are much more dangerous than pot. I mean, have you ever said and just listened, listen to the side effects of these drugs? It will scare the daylights out of you. My favorite, my all-time favorite was the one where some side effects included a stroke or death. Now, that's real appealing to me. I can take the drug and still die from taking the drug. Somebody help me with this. How many people do you think that the minute they feel a twinge of pain, look for something to take? What many people fail to understand is many of the drugs that they take don't relieve the pain. They just mask it. The show today is about pain. And you know there are several different types of pain. There are people who are a pain, and I bet you got some of them in your life. There's physical pain. And physical pain is your body's way of telling you something is shifting. There's mental pain. Mental pain is where your mind reacts to the lack of growth or completion of something that has just happened. There's emotional pain. There's not a one of us who hasn't experienced some form of emotional pain. Your heart was broken. You lost a loved one. You felt overwhelmed with the emotions that go with the events of life. The truth is, pain is. But do we have to live with pain? My guest today, Ann Hansen, says no. She's joining us by phone from Salt Lake City, Utah. And I'm so glad that you could join us.
1: Thank you, Richard. I really, really am just absolutely thrilled to be here.
0: Was I right in stating that you believe that we don't have to live with pain?
1: Absolutely, Richard. You are so correct. It's the pill for every ill mentality that's enslaved this otherwise free nation um, is, has permeated every aspect of, of our society. And the answer is absolutely no. Pain does not have to be a companion in this life. Although I don't think I can do much about the people that you know that are a pain by virtue of the fact that they're causing it, but um, but otherwise I think we're going to be on the right track.
0: Now, before we get into what I think is going to be a very interested and lively discussion, tell our listeners about you. Who is Ann Hansen? Who are you? Mm.
1: Well. Um, I actually I began as a medical social worker and was dealing with all of the other types of emotional, spiritual, and mental pain in people's lives until I had the privilege of becoming a professional patient myself, um, having to seek out anything and everything that would relieve um, horrendous chronic pain, and um, every time I went to a doctor, I had found myself on a on a surgical table. Um, I was given more drugs than a pharmacy. I felt like a lab rat most of the time and was really, um, I was dying. They, the drugs were killing me and the treatments were beyond anything that was even human. And I ended up finding um, a, a gentleman at a business conference who had been largely for the same thing um, via the Thorpe Institute of Integrative Medicine. I showed up for treatment and based upon what I had learned there, I, I, it was undeniable. I could not take a step back from it, and it, it, there was just um, no possible turning away once I learned what I had learned and why I had been the subject of this medical practicing that had been happening on my body. So I um, I put together the needed funds for my education, and I went forth in that way. And that's been ten years ago, and I have had the distinct privilege of having people place their quality of life. Um, in my hands, which is a tremendous responsibility that I um, that I revere and hollow every day, and um, I've seen just about everything from my own personal re- my, my own personal walk, as well as um, from the pain and suffering of others.
0: Now let me ask you a question because I know it's going to be out there. With everything you've been through, do you still believe in traditional medicine? I
1: believe there is a place for traditional medicine. Um, I'm not such a hardliner that way. There will always be tremendous accidents and need for um, trauma surgeries. There will always be a need for that discipline and it is one that is certainly well respected. Um, my view is simply that it is a lack of education that is occurring in our medical schools today that the the pharmaceutical companies drive so much of it that the um, the logical approach to medicine that is thousands of years old, very tried and true, non-drug, and that embraces the whole the wholeness of wellness and addresses an entire being as a whole instead of parts and pieces, is something that it, it, it once incorporated into our medical schools, and I do believe we'll see the day, I do believe we'll see the day that um, we will have a much more um, balanced, and well-rounded approach to our, our quality of life and um, enjoy an overall state of health and well-being.
0: I met Anne at a conference where I was speaking in Provo, Utah, and she and I had just a very brief time to visit. I walked away pondering many of the things that she was talking to me about because she presents to us an alternative way of thinking. I think medical care in this country today has got to be looked at. And I I agree with something that Anne said, and that is that in our society today, so much of the medical profession is driven by the pharmaceutical companies. They push their pills. And what I said earlier to you, I really do believe. I think we have legalized drugs through the pharmaceutical companies. And Anne, would you agree with that?
1: I would agree. Oh, I would absolutely agree. The war on drugs was lost a long time ago. They have us all on them now.
0: So, um,
1: yes, we we are absolutely prey and slave every step of the way.
0: Do you think that any time in the future that will be reversed, or do you see it getting even more?
1: Well, you know, the trends seem to indicate that... that is going to be something that is here to stay on one level. The the money that fuels that is something that is more, um, in, it's more sinister and insidious than um, most anyone could even possibly imagine. But I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. I do see people not becoming so they're, – they're not so dependent on that almighty – md anymore and they're asking questions and they're taking responsibility for their own health and they're seeking they're looking and as long as people are looking and are will stand up together and say no more of this then i think we've got a shot i really do and i think that we are in the age of enlightenment i do believe that we have got a, we've got a chance and we have a choice
0: do you think the internet and with all of the medical information that's at people's fingertips today has fueled some of this, not accepting the the traditional doctor as a god anymore?
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, medical doctor has definitely come to um, into perspective rather than medical deity, and I believe that this is you know people aren't having to take that word as gospel anymore. They're able to look something up and get the latest research right in front of their eyes. What a powerful, powerful tool. And um, absolutely, I think, just changing, obviously, it's changed the face of our world, but really changing the state of our health.
0: And the people that come to you, many times are these people that have been to traditional medicine?
1: Oh, yes. They have. By the time they actually get to me, most people are broke and broken. They have sought... I hear it, this is my, the catchphrase is, I've tried everything, everything. And they, then they have, they can detail a journey that um, is all-consuming for their lives, just trying to reclaim some quality.
0: You know, if you really think about that, that's frightening. It is very frightening. they're, They're broke. I mean, I have a friend who was just in the hospital recently and her medical bill was eighty-two thousand dollars, and she has a, a very, very prominent insurance company, but they'd only pay four thousand of it. Mm-hmm. And she'd paid for this for such a long time. I mean, I have a friend who lives in Chicago that has an auto body shop, collision repair, and they love it when it snows because they get a lot of business. And I think sometimes the healthcare industry has become the same way. They love it because they want us to be sick. My personal physician I love very much because he is a person that doesn't want to treat you because you're sick. He wants to treat you because you're well. And he's someone that's not a a favorite from some of the pharmaceutical companies. And my guest today, Ann Hanson, and we're talking about this whole concept of living without pain. And Ann, I told you, I've got ten questions for you. I've heard these questions over and over and over again from all levels of humans. And some, I still am not sure that they're from this planet. (laughs) But I think these, to me, when I'm dealing with people, I think these are ten of the most frequently asked questions when it comes to pain. So, you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Here's question number one. Do I have to live with this pain for the rest of my life?
1: It's an absolute qualified no. Pain is something that we all experience and certainly needs to be, it should be, transitory. Um, you mentioned earlier emotional, mental, and spiritual pain, which is you know um, incredibly important to address. Um, but on that physical level, Our bodies are very equipped to heal themselves. They just need the chance and the right circumstances in which to do it.
0: So in the right circumstance, pain can be relieved?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There is no reason to live with chronic pain.
0: Okay. Then that leads to question number two, which I think is based off of question number one. Does taking an anti-inflammatory really work?
1: Well, and that is a really interesting question. Um, actually, over-the-counter medications and prescription analgesics are kind of like, they're kind of like a trick played on the brain, Richard. Um, while the anti-inflammatory does have some properties necessary to reduce swelling, which would reduce some pain, what the real action of those analgesics are, are to push that pain response into the gray matter of the brain, where the brain doesn't feel pain. Um, pain is an electrical signal, and it's the reason why we have to keep taking them every four to six hours. It, it's, you've got to keep redosing it to keep pushing that signal away into an area where the brain is ignoring it. So it really is kind of a trick, but it certainly is not solving anything.
0: So things like Aleve and like Advil?
1: Mm-hmm. And They're also highly toxic, Richard, and once when, when you take in a toxin that has to cross the liver and goes through that system, now you're creating something else. You're taking synthetics into the body, creating a resistance to uh, energy, to the food that you eat, the supplements that you want to take, circulation, blood flow, all those things that our bodies need to heal themselves. We start building those toxins up in our system and toxicity is an absolute cause of pain, and we live in a toxic environment. So why do you want to add something more? Why not, why not clear that resistance and create a balanced state of being where the pain is no longer the issue? You go to the
0: cause. So if I'm taking the anti-inflammatories and it's masking the pain, mm-hmm. then when the pain goes away, what I'm feeling is a false feeling.
1: Yes, it is absolutely false. And then, of course, when you're not feeling pain, but your body's telling you that there is a problem, you are more prone to overexert yourself. You're more prone to actually further injure already injured tissue.
0: Hmm. Question number three. Hmm? Can stress cause pain?
1: Oh, wow! Well, <laughs> um, you better believe it. And illness, too. Um, While we have positive stress in our lives that motivate us to press onward and achieve excellence or act, this stress creates an entire cycle in the body that wears us down. It wears down our ability to fight off invading organisms. It sends out so many misfires to our main computer, the brain, and it results, they become apparent in our immune system, our overall ability to deal with pain, and ultimately our overall state of health.
0: Yeah. I'm a big proponent of understanding stress because I'm one of these people who believes that stress can kill you. Yeah. The premise to my book on the truth about stress is that people who work to eliminate stress become stressful. Yeah. But people who learn to control their stress enhance their creativity.
1: Mm-hmm. I have that book. It's wonderful. <laughs>
0: and stress under control is actually a positive part of life.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, without, without stress... We, without any stresses in our lives, we would fail miserably at everything. It, it stress does motivate us, and there is use stress and distress. So the use stress is, um, you know, even you know an example of that. Um, we just heard that you know someone's going to have a baby. Wonderful. Pressure, yes. Stress, absolutely. But positive stress, yes. When it comes to having a baby and then having that baby be sick or hospitalized, now we have this stress. Same event, but we have got two different, two opposite ends of the coin. One can bring a marriage together and promote a family; the other can rip it apart and and and, and break our hearts. So um, it, those are, you know, it, 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 it's a simple example, but. These are these are the types of things that we address every day, just on a smaller scale.
0: Do you find that when your patients are coming to you, okay, mm-hmm. and they've mm-hmm. tried traditional medicine and they're broken and they're broke, mm-hmm. when they come into your front door, do they come in with a lot of stress?
1: Absolutely, and they are. There's helpless and hopeless added to that. Um, I the statements that I hear. The, um, I, I see people at, on the brink of suicide many times. It's that severe. They've been dealing with it for so long, and they just don't see any way out. And it, it is a very, very grave and very serious problem when you consider that, you know, 30 to 60 million people constantly suffer from this type of an issue. You just have some that are a little bit more able to function with it than others, and actually the numbers are greater, but these are the people that are in real extreme conditions that have pain that actually actually in, interfere with their day-to-day activities. Question number four,
0: is pain always real?
1: Well, define real. If it hurts, it is real enough to the sufferer. But in truth, there is phantom pain that goes back to those misdirected signals in the brain again, and even in the emotional body that creates a pain response, even though there is no evidence of disease or injury in the area. So, yes, very, it is real, and although it can come from places that are unexpected and by traditional medicine, un- unreachable.
0: Interesting. Number five, uh, they say that pain is all in the head. Is there any truth to that?
1: Well, and based on what we just said, yes. It's our brains are like our, the hard drive on our computer. And without that connection, pain isn't possible. Um, if you take the late Christopher Reeve as an example, when the spinal cord is severed, there are no more signals communicated to the brain. Um, we are a very complex electrical system. We have nerves running throughout our bodies. But ultimately, without the brain sending messages to warn us of oncoming illness or injury, when that communication is cut off, um, there, is, there is no more, that, that those signals are, they, they are completely, um, completely incapacitated. So it's all in your head, so to speak, um, you know, with all the information and, that needs to be processed and delivered through that system, yes, it is. It is all in your head but that does not mean that it is a fantasy or that it is any any less real.
0: So that leads us to number six. Does your body store pain, or is it always about something that's happening right now?
1: That's such a great question. Um, I mentioned the emotional body, which is one aspect of stored pain. But past injuries that we think have long since gone resolved, they can create resistance on a given pathway that over time, can affect our present in a powerful, powerful way. The hard part is when the doctor can't find anything wrong, and they give us that standard answer that, oh, you shouldn't be having any pain, as if that sentiment is going to make it go away. But eliminating the resistance and balancing the system are a 5,000-year-old answer it, that works. And with a more recent work with a system called Trigger Points, um, via Simmons and Travel. Points, those trigger points refer pain to non-involved areas and it's another way of, to approach, um, stored pain. For instance, you could have a lot of pain in your arm or your shoulders or be told that you have symptoms of carpal tunnel syndrome. When they do the nerve conductance tests, which are extremely painful by the way, they find there's nothing wrong. The next step is, for me, I go directly to the spine, and most of the time I find that I have someone who, when they were six, fell off a bike and got hit there or landed on that, that, on that vertebra that is hardwired to the arm, and there are trigger points all around the shoulder. And it takes me about nine minutes to release those trigger points and restore that circulation, and the pain is gone.
0: My guest today, Ann Hansen, and I've got 10 questions for and we've worked through the first six. So, Ann, here's question number seven Where does pain start? Is it mental, emotional, or physical? Where does it start?
1: It's all of the above, Richard, and I would add spiritual to that as well. Um, most of the time, a pain response occurs in the energy body, which is a seven layered, multicolored, energetic representation of who we are. You know, the little pieces. Illness and chronic conditions are present there long before they are made manifest in the physical body. We we now, we've got something called Kirlian photography, and it can show us a visual picture of that body to reveal those areas, and we can then apply methods to balance the system before disease becomes a physical reality. Mentally, I think we all know what it is to deal with stress and end up with a, a headache or shoulder pain, back pain based on that feeling of external pressure, real or imagined. Either way, the headache is real, and it does hurt.
0: Okay. Question number eight. Can pain ever be positive?
1: You betcha. That electrical relay, relay system carrying those signals tells us when to slow down and when to pay attention. If the communication is severed, you could, you know, you could saw off a limb with no feeling whatsoever, but our bodies respond In an extremely miraculous way, by using pain as a warning system, telling us that there is something in our bodies that is needing our attention. And further, it can inspire us to make needed changes in our lifestyle that may not be so good for us.
0: Do you think Um, our bodies are ever smarter than we are? They are
1: much smarter. And if we learn to listen a little more and a little better, we can absolutely um, we can absolutely let that pain be our guide and be a companion to growth instead of just um, a ball and chain that we coexist with, which, you know, and you're big on living rather than existing while we coexist with pain. It is absolutely not something that we need to have as a constant companion, however.
0: You know, it's real interesting because when you turn on the TV, uh, probably the majority of Pharmaceutical commercials today deal with depression. So here's my question How does pain relate to depression and depression to pain?
1: Yes, big question. And we come right back to the brain again, don't we? Every single time. Depression comes, it, it comes in many forms, but it causes many types of phantom pains associated with that chemical misfire that occurs within that organ itself, but conversely, a person with chronic pain can become very depressed. Um, pain acts like, it's kind of like a lightning rod, and it attracts all energy to itself, so it depletes the rest of the systems of their vital energy and wears us down. It It, it causes depression, and anyone out there suffering knows what I mean. I mean, it's, you know, one can, one can feel the body winding down, and the longer that we're cut off from our activities and the people that bring us pleasure and our ability to, to function the way that we once did it just drives us further into a state of depression and hopelessness, and it is an extremely vicious cycle, extremely vicious.
0: So, my tenth question, are there alternative ways to deal with pain? Other than traditional medicine And mm-hmm. what are the most common?
1: Okay. well, and here's the good news: is yes, 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 and yes. The greatest and quickest, certainly the most least invasive non-drug therapy is microcurrent, and there are multiple instruments that are available throughout the United States. Um, and I, I, I can certainly give some information about that. Um, other alternative forms: chiropractic. A physical therapy, which is so in, it, it that's so integral. It's kind of a little more traditional, but it is so important. Um, acupuncture, aromatherapy, massage, the microcurrent and electroacupuncture, um, reflexology, nutrients, supplements—all of these things help to create a balance, a balanced body, a balanced system, and a body at ease cannot be at dis-ease.
0: Okay. Now, as I as I listen to you list these, uh, my mind is playing with them, mm-hmm. and when I look around, uh, just from an outsider, and I take a look at this list of what you just listed—chiropractic, uh, physical therapy, acupuncture, aromatherapy, uh, massage, uh, microcurrent, reflexology, nutrients, and
1: supplements—and
0: mm-hmm. I look at the sphere of influence group that I have. Mm-hmm. If I was to list these and how I think people view them in order of priority, here's what I would come up with. Uh, chiropractic would be number one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and from the Spear of Influence group that I have, massage would be number two. Mm-hmm. And then physical therapy would be number three. And then supplements would be number number four. There's a possibility that supplements and physical therapy would swap places. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But then you have acupuncture, uh, reflexology, which is one of my favorites, (laughs) and then nutrients, aromatherapy, and microcurrent. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you are in the world of microcurrent. So when I look at this list, um, (laughs) that puts you last.
1: Yes, it does. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable, but very true. Sad, but true. Why? Well, you know, because until recently, it was really only available to the rich and the famous. Um, it has been more of a niche kind of a thing. Um, and, you know, so it, and to those, of course, that are so inclined to seek it out, But modern medical practitioners are not educated in med school about microcurrent or the ancient techniques of Chinese medicine. Therefore, it's not recognized as much. Um, and there are so many people that are so dependent on that advice that when they get these other recommendations that come first, they're inclined to do it. And um, frankly, you know, I, I spend an hour with every client every time. When was the last time your doc spent an hour with you? There are a lot of different kinds of things. Now, with these other modalities, yes, there is time spent. It really, and physical therapists use use microcurrent. Massage therapists use microcurrent. So their um, estheticians use microcurrent. There are modalities of microcurrent in some of these other specialties. Um, however, the applications with microlight technology and healing that um, are much more inclusive, and um, I'm really hoping that we're going to change that and bring microcurrent to the fore.
0: Well, does does traditional medicine look at you as voodoo?
1: No, not necessarily voodoo either. Um, The the problem is that you you take any med student, and they have studied, they have taken out massive loans, and they need to get in there and start a fruitful practice. And if they have not heard it and they have not learned it in medical school, it's not medicine. They will concede every time that microcurrent cannot hurt you. What you can expect to get from your doctor is, well, it can't hurt. <clears throat> Probably won't help, but it can't hurt. It just, you know, not possible to do that. Not with the type of current that I use. So we end up kind of being in that, um, you know, standing on a, a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a precarious situation. Yes, they think it's okay, but no, they really don't believe in it because they really don't know anything about it.
0: So in formal medical training.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In our medical schools, yes, those that are coming out today as physicians are taught the skill of traditional medicine. But when it comes to some of these what are referred to as alternative yes. treatments, they're not looked on with favor.
1: <clears throat> no, they're not. They they are they are like as I've said. Now the younger doctors that are coming out, I think, have had more. Indirect influence certainly than direct in their in their traditional trainings, but they um, you, you'll get some of the younger the younger uh, physicians coming out of medical school that are more supportive of seeking alternative uh, methods, particularly when it comes to painkillers. That is the one idiom in which uh, doctors are supportive is to help people not become as dependent on those. But um, there are certainly those that are dealing them out as fast as they can ride them on street corners, too.
0: Okay, I'm asking for a personal opinion, Uh, just your own personal thought. Do you think, then, that a lot of alternative ways of treating the body are rejected because of the fact that the pharmaceutical companies want the doctors to put out the pills rather than really working to heal the body.
1: Yes. And don't forget, um, folks, if you guys don't know this, is that every time a doctor pushes those pills, they get a check. They're paid by the pharmaceutical companies to push those drugs.
0: We're talking about living without pain. My guest, Ann Hansen, has been talking to us about pain as it relates to the human body. And we've been talking about the pharmaceutical companies and the pills that people take and how many of these pills are really designed just to mask and not to really resolve. And and comes to us from a world of alternative medicine known as microcurrent. And for those of us who are pretty simple and we don't really understand a lot of this jargon that's thrown at us, What is microcurrent? How does it work?
1: Well, microcurrent is a simple, painless way to remove resistance, which is the cause of most pain and disease, and restore balance to the entire body as a whole system. It uses one thousandth of one millionth of one amp of electricity and it is combined with frequency and different waveforms that bring forth a pain-free state and an overall sense of well-being that is unattainable by any other means. We are electrical beings. If you have a stroke, if you have a heart attack, you will be diagnosed with an EMG, an EEG, an EKG. These are electrical diagnostic tools, folks. We are electrical beings. We need to be treated that way. This level of current is what our cells work on. Of course, we are nano amps, which are really small. But there is a range of therapeutic frequencies where we live, thrive, strive, survive, all of it. And when we, we do, we, we take better care of our cars. You'd never think of pouring sugar in your gas tank, but you'll do it to yourself. And we have to achieve a sense of electrical well-being in order to eliminate pain and to restore balance to our system. Microcurrent is the singular way of restoring that balance. The application is thousands of years old. I simply use ancient Chinese medicine just channels pathways and meridians and the application of some frequencies and a very tiny tiny amount of current and the body does the rest it enables your body to heal itself 3 to 5 times faster than it can under any other ordinary circumstances and so we are so we are so cheated out of that knowledge we know we're electrical we know these things happen That next step from that diagnostic tool that tells us what's happened with our bodies on an electrical level is not being bridged. And that application of applying the current to correct the electrical problem is something that microcurrent addresses extremely well and very quickly, usually within just a few sessions.
0: In this, it does not do damage to the body.
1: Absolutely not. Not even possible. Well, I guess I, I could drop the machine on your foot. That might hurt you. But otherwise, with this level of current, again, it's truly amperage. Wow, how small that is. The little pieces. One thousandth of one millionth of one amp. Very small. The maximum intensity available is 600 micro amperes. It's very small stuff. But this is what our bodies need. Not possible to harm the body. Not possible.
0: Well, I can see why. Probably the AMA is not your best friend.
1: Nope. <laughs>
0: if, if people would like to know more about this, mm-hmm. how can they contact you?
1: Well, they can contact me um, directly, actually, at 8019414482. And I have an email address as well, which is extremely convenient. Um, I do get a high volume of calls, so email is great. Which is Polarity. That is P-O-L-A-R-I-T-Y underscore Inc at hotmail.com. That's Polarity underscore, underscore Inc at hotmail.com. And they can reach me. I can link them with some additional sites for additional information um, and help them to, um, you know, to to educate themselves about this very powerful modality that should be available in every doctor's office and absolutely um, is something that they should be able to attain in their own communities. Um, If they can't, I can certainly help them find a technician. If there is not one available, You know, perhaps we will inspire somebody to um, take on a practice in that area.
0: And, Anne, all of this is about bringing the body back into balance. Yes.
1: Balance is absolutely the key. Again, a body at ease cannot be at disease. So, when we have all of those pathways open and working properly, our cells can basically, simply stated, our cells need to be able to eat digest, and go to the bathroom. If we can't do those simple, basic things, a body is going to die. A cell is going to die. So we have to be able to get the metabolites in and the waste out. Microcurrent is so efficient at doing that very thing. By opening those channels, pathways, and meridians and bringing forth stability and balance, the cells are then able to be active and vibrant and out of a starving state. And this is, I mean, facial rejuvenation is a whole different aspect of microcurrent. Most people understand microcurrent because they know that they can get a a facial and look 10 years younger very quickly. Um, But what they don't realize is that every meridian on the body comes together on the face. And so when they get treated with a, a facial and realize that their hip pain is gone, that inspires them to actually explore it a little bit further, and um, so what I'm contending is that, you know, explore a little bit further now. Really turn back the clock. Detox your body, and balance it, and balance that system. Doing it electrically, you'll never feel better. You will, I, I bet most people won't even be able to remember when they felt so good.
0: And I want to really, really thank you for taking the time to enlighten us because I am a firm believer in alternative medicine. I am a firm believer that traditional medicine is more about greed today than it is about patient care. So thank you so much for spending this time with us. Oh, you are so welcome. And sometime in the future, I'd love to have you back and, and we can talk more about this. And folks, find out more about this. I think it's in your best health interest to do this.